Welcome to the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations podcast, maintaining physical health and wellness in a virtual environment. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Rogers, and today we're joined by Dr. Robert Clegg, Professor and Faculty Lead in the School of Health Sciences here at North Central University. Dr. Clegg, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with us about the importance of physical health and wellness in a virtual environment. Thank you for having me, Dr. Rogers. Dr. Clegg, before we begin, would you please take a minute to give us a glimpse into your background and why this topic on physical health and wellness is so important to you? Absolutely. Um, Allow me to first make clear that my area of specialization with regard to health and wellness comes from a public health perspective rather than from a psychological viewpoint. In my field of practice, I focus primarily on protecting and improving the health of people and their communities by promoting healthy lifestyles, researching disease and injury prevention, and detecting, preventing, and responding to infectious diseases. Health and wellness from a psychological perspective analyzes emotional, social, and biological well-being through a combination of psychosocial methodology and study of the natural sciences. Now, the commonality between the two lies in the very definition of both health and wellness. Specifically, health is defined as the overall mental and physical state of a person. In other words, the absence of disease or infirmity. Wellness, on the other hand, refers to the state of being in optimal mental and physical health. For me, health and wellness has been a part of my professional and personal life for as long as I can remember. Teaching others the importance of living a healthy lifestyle has been a lifelong passion of mine. In fact, I, I earned my master's in public health with an emphasis in community health from Fresno State several years ago. Prior to my health administration days, I was a public health practitioner where I focused on a vast array of health and wellness topics, including stress management, cardiovascular health, and maternal and infant health. I also had the fortune of managing an asthma program where my team and I developed the country's first asthma coalition in the United States. Here, the Central California Asthma Project, or CCAP as we refer to it, covered eight counties in a geographical area of approximately 47,000 square miles in California's San Joaquin Valley. Now, to put this into perspective, it's a geographical area roughly the size of the state of Tennessee. Much of our work was focused on asthma awareness and education among school-aged children, especially in low-income areas with limited access to care. Aside from teaching at the collegiate level, it was honestly the most rewarding work I've ever done. You certainly have a passion for health and wellness, Dr. Clegg. Before we discuss physical health and wellness in the virtual environment, would you briefly remind us the differences between a virtual organization and ones that are remote? That's a great question, Dr. Rogers. A virtual organization is one where employees engage in a limited physical corporate office presence, connecting remotely via technology. Virtual work happens through teams or individuals operating at a distance with some degree of self-direction and autonomy. A remote job, on the other hand, is one where an employee works at other locations, often returning to a corporate office. 
For some, the idea of rolling out of bed and going to work in your pajamas sounds like a dream come true. But in reality, it can do more harm than good to your overall health and well-being. While working from home sounds like a luxury, it, it often comes with a number of challenges. Obviously, getting your work done is important when working in a virtual environment. But staying healthy, both mentally and physically, is just as crucial. It's all about creating boundaries between work and personal life, and that can be a difficult adjustment. While taking breaks and ensuring your home office is conducive to allowing you to be productive are some ways to keep and maintain physical and mental health when working in a virtual environment, it's important to note that there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution. The important thing to, is to always keep an open mind and experiment with different approaches. Dr. Clegg, since your work at North Central is virtual and self-directed, would you describe how you maintain your own physical health and wellness in the virtual environment, and what are your tips for others? Absolutely. For me, I try to eat right and exercise as often as possible. This includes uh, consuming a diet that's high in protein and complex carbohydrates and low in fat and simple carbohydrates. One thing to always keep in mind is that anything taken in, whether it's protein or carbs, that's not burned through physical activity is converted to fat. As far as exercise, I enjoy taking short runs and long distance cycling. To motivate me, I'll sign up for a virtual race, either through Run Fierce or Virtual Pace series. The reason being they've got some really fun race themes that they offer. Once you sign up and pay the fee, usually it's about $25, they send you your race bib, which is the tag with your race number that you pin to your shirt, and the finisher's medal. They also have race t-shirts you could buy separately if you so choose. Now, of course, the race itself is on the honor system. You track your walk, run, or cycle miles. For example, if it's a 5K, 10K, 13.1K, which is a half marathon, etc., via virtually any exercise tracker app on your smartphone. Now, for me, I use Strava. Now, once you completed your race, you take a screenshot of your route, a picture of you with your race bib and a finisher's medal, and then upload it to the company's website. So to answer your second question, I have five overarching tips for those who work in a virtual work environment to maintain a healthy lifestyle. First and foremost, it's important to maintain regular work hours. This means setting a schedule and, of course, sticking to it. Working designated hours and then stopping when those hours are up will give your brain time to work and time to rest. While working remotely means that there is added flexibility with, you know, to your personal life schedule, it's best to stick to a schedule where you can be productive get your work done, and then call it a day when the work hours are up. The second bit of advice I can give is create a morning routine. Now, we as humans are creatures of habit. This is partly because routine helps us mentally and physically prepare for what lies ahead that day. Whether it's having a cup of coffee every morning, doing some morning stretches, or taking your dog on a walk. Creating a morning routine can greatly help you get ready for the workday at home. 
It's also important to think about other controls as well. For instance, working in your pajamas might work for some, but it might not be productive for others. The third bit of advice I can give is to schedule breaks. Now, just like any working environment, give, giving yourself a break is very important to let your brain and your body relax. In fact, studies have shown that breaks can actually significantly improve productivity levels and a person's ability to focus. With this in mind, take a 15-minute walk, go make some lunch, or catch up with a friend or loved one on the telephone. Whatever you do, though, do not work yourself to the bone without letting yourself take a break away from the computer screen. Number four, leave the house. You don't have to eat out every day, but it's important to leave your home and give yourself a new space to breathe, work, or exercise. The fact is, your body needs to move, and fresh air and new scenery will do your mind a lot of good. And lastly, socialize with colleagues. Of course, if you're sick or trying to stay healthy in the wake of something like the coronavirus, socializing in person with others may not be the best idea. Loneliness, disconnection, and isolation are common problems in remote work life. In fact, research published in the Perspectives on Psychological Science took a look at the impacts of loneliness on health. Here, the researchers found that social isolation increases the risk of mortality by 29%. Therefore, if you're working from home, socializing is important. This means taking advantage of opportunities to meet people, talking about common interests, and having in-person retreats. Making sure you nurture relationships is crucial to mental health, especially when working remotely. Now. Even in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, it's still important for you to get out and take a break from your routine workspace. Something to remember is that isolation, quarantine, and social distancing are three very different things, but it should not get in the way of you maintaining a sense of health and wellness. By definition, isolation is an extreme measure taken for a person who is infected with a disease. For example, a diagnosis of COVID-19 triggers isolation. Quarantine is when, under state or federal law, individuals or groups are essentially on lockdown and unable to leave until it has been confirmed that they are not infected with the virus or the disease. A recent example is when passengers from a cruise ship fell ill with COVID-19 and once disembarked, were required to stay at military bases for 14 days to see if they developed the disease. And lastly, social isolation is a lot more controlled and up to the individual discretion. It basically means not shaking hands, staying several feet from other people, and avoiding crowds. Most importantly, this means staying home if you're sick. The fact of the matter is you can often control your environment to keep your body and brain healthy, even if you are self-quarantining and social distancing. Great tips, Dr. Clegg. Are there resources available from North Central University for maintaining physical health and wellness in the virtual environment? And what options should individuals look for in their own place of employment? 
Well, to answer your first question, absolutely. Uh, one of the benefits for NCU employees is access to Healthy U that provides us with health-related information and resources for our overall wellness. This includes live online sessions in chair yoga and guided meditation. Now, for non-NCU employees, look into your insurance plan for special incentives that focus on health and wellness. Employee wellness programs allow employers or an insurance plan to offer employees premium discounts, cash rewards, gym memberships, and other incentives to participate. Some examples include programs to help you stop smoking, manage your diabetes, weight loss, and preventive health screenings. The fact is, an unhealthy or unhappy work environment is not only bad for an organization's bottom line, but bad for employee morale and wellness. In fact, studies have shown that being unhappy with or unfulfilled by work can take a toll on one's health, relationships, and even lifespan. Those in unhealthy work environments tend to gain more weight, have more health care appointments, and have higher rates of absenteeism. Stress from work can also impact their family life, mental health, and even increase risks for chronic illnesses and heart attacks. Therefore, employees who have the resources available through their employers to manage their health and well-being, as well as other issues outside of the workplace, will not only prove to be greater assets to an organization, but they'll also create a more positive working environment at times when it's needed the most. Dr. Clegg, thank you so much for joining us today in support of the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations. We truly appreciate your insights, and we know our listeners will benefit from your experience. Thank you, Dr. Rogers. Uh, the pleasure was all mine. <laughs>